Now, uh, this morning we're beginning a brand new series called The Grudge. And the truth is, is that sometimes each one of us hold a grudge. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Now, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some bigger issues of forgiveness, the big hurts kind of in our lives. But today, what I want to talk about are those small offenses. When we're offended by something that's very small, how do we deal with those particular things? So I'd like to begin this morning uh, by asking a question, and it's always better when everybody participates, so everyone in the balcony, everyone on the stream as well, and I'd like to ask you a question and then just have you raise your hand uh, if you would, and here's the question. How many of you know somebody who is easily offended, okay? How many of you know somebody who is easily offended? Okay, if that person's here, don't point at them, okay? Um, because they, they could be offended by that. So don't point at them because they could be easily offended. Well, we live in a culture today in which we are easily offended about everything we can be easily offended by. Maybe someone kind of rolls their eyes and we get really offended. Or someone says a tone in the wrong way and we get offended by that person. Maybe someone doesn't say thank you to you after you've served them in some way and then you become easily offended. I know for myself, one of the ways that I get offended the most is when I let someone in traffic and they don't give me the thank you wave. Like, isn't that somewhere in the Bible there somewhere? Like, thou shall not say a thank you to the person who lets you in, or, you know, something like that. Like, you should do that. And so I get really ticked. And sometimes people will go, and I'm like, seriously, you couldn't even give me a nod? Like, a thank you nod. Like, how much energy does that take to just say, you know, like a nod? And sometimes I'll get ticked, and in my mind I'll start thinking to myself, well, I could have just left you stuck where you were at. Like, you could still be in that parking lot, but no, no, no. I let you in. Now, unfortunately, folks, we really do live in a culture where we are perpetually offended. We get offended very quickly, and then we judge quickly, and then we become bitter very quickly for very, very small offenses. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone else because I, myself, can be the worst at this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, as a family, we were driving together, and we were driving, and in the middle of uh, the, the lane was two yellow lines. Now, two yellow lines means what? You can't pass, right? You can't pass. So I'm driving, and we're getting log jammed. There are six cars in front of us, and I'm car number seven, but we're not in a rush at all, and so I had no problem just kind of waiting uh, in the midst of that. Well, about that time, this sports car, this blue sports car, comes flying up behind me, and they're riding my bumper. They're like right on my tail. And as a good follower of Christ and pastor, this was a thought I had in my head. I should slam on the brakes. <laughs> like, I should really do something like that. Now, uh, I didn't do that because my family was there, but um, I start getting ticked. And pretty soon, this blue sports car passes me on a double yellow, 
passes the next six cars in front of me, almost comes onto a head-on collision with another car that was coming. And all of this transpires. And all of a sudden, I, I wasn't thinking. And this is what I said. What a jerk. I hope he gets a ticket in Jesus' name. And my family looks at me like, what is going on with you? And I start getting mad. Well, time goes on, and all of a sudden, we're still in this log jam. And now, all of a sudden, my offense doesn't turn to that guy. But now I'm getting offended by the fact that we're going so slow. I'm getting ticked that we're going so slow. And eventually, one car passes the guy in front of us, then the other one does, and finally, we get to the point where I'm right behind the person, and I'm getting ticked at this person. They are going so slow. You know how slow they were going? They were going the speed limit. I look down at my speedometer. They're going the speed limit. But I start getting offended again. I start getting upset at the person in front of me. They're slowing me down. It's illegal to be going as slow as they are. They should like pull over. They should do something else. They should give a ticket to this person for being so slow. Now, folks, how messed up am I? In a matter of 15 minutes, first of all, I'm offended by someone going too fast, and then I get offended by someone who's going too slow. And here's the point. Here's the point. If you are on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. If you're on a continuous search to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. And this leads us to our big idea this morning. This is your first fill-in. For those of you on the stream, go ahead, type this in. For those of you who are here, you can do it on your device or in the program. And it's this. We do not win in life when we live offended. You and I... We do not win in life when we live offended. I mean, I've never found myself saying to myself, oh, I'm such a better person when I'm bitter all the time. I'm such a better person when I'm offended by the people that are around me. Um, I'm having such a great day because I'm so bitter today. It's just so fun to be bitter. My marriage is stronger when I'm holding a grudge. My relationships are better when I'm offended by what other people do. Folks, we will never win in life if we live a life that's offended. We will never win in life if we live a life that is offended. Now, the title of this message today is I'm Over It. I'm Over It. And what we're talking about is those small little offenses. When we're offended by something that's small, we're going to say to ourselves, I'm over it. I'm over it. So for those of you that are on the stream right now, I'd like you to type in, I'm over it. And for those of you that are here in the auditorium, I'd like you to nudge the person beside you. Go ahead. Give them a little nudge. Wake them up. And regardless of what they did on the way to church, okay, Whatever they did on the way to church, just tell them, I'm over it. Okay, go ahead, tell them, I'm over it. So as Christ followers, the question really becomes then, how do we get over a grudge? How do we grow past the daily temptation to hold on and be offended? How do we grow past the temptation to be offended all the time? And this is the answer. This is your next fill-in. And it's this, that we close the gap with love. We actually close the gap with love. Proverbs 10, 
verse 12 says this, hatred stirs up strife. And you know this, right? Hatred always complicates things. Hatred always gives distance in relationships. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Love covers all offenses. We close the gap in love. So let me unpack this a little bit for you, okay? In every interaction that you ever have with another human being, there is a gap. There is a gap. There is an action that they have, and then there's a gap, and then there's your reaction. Someone acts in a certain way, and you have a micro gap, a split second, where you can make an interpretive decision on their action. It kind of looks like this graphically, that there is an action... And then there's this gap, and then there is your reaction. There's always a gap between what the action of the person is and our reaction. And the key is this. You get to choose what you put in the gap. Every single one of you, you get to choose what you put in the gap. Now, recently, uh, our family was at the airport, and... Uh, we were waiting on our plane, and I had my ear pods in, and I was reading the Bible. And so I'm getting closer to God when all of a sudden I looked across from me, and my wife Jennifer looks at me, and she's like. <laughs> and so I look at her, and I'm trying to be quiet, so I take one of my ear pods out, and she goes, You need to get all that mess by you cleaned up. And all of a sudden, I have this action. And I didn't take a gap. This was my response. Well, quit bossing me around and telling me what to do. And I put the AirPod back in my ear. And I start thinking to myself, who does this woman think she is? I'm trying to get closer to God right now by reading my Bible and listening to worship music. And she's talking to me about how bossy. Or she's so bossy. And she's talking about me cleaning everything up. My mess. And I just kept on reading my Bible. And then I looked up, you know, with a pious look. Because I am a man of God. (laughs) And I looked at her and she's like... And so I take them out again. And she's like, I'm not trying to boss you around. But they just called our plane. And you can either stay here with God or you can come with me. I love that woman. You see, folks, the problem was I'm a bad interpreter. I'm a horrible interpreter. I didn't interpret the meaning that Jen had in this action because the truth is, folks, like I said, I'm a horrible interpreter. But guess what? So are you. So are you. So is everybody on the stream. You are horrible interpreters. I mean, how many times have you misinterpreted something that someone said in their words or their actions in some way, and you thought to yourself, how in the world could they have ever thought that I meant that? I mean, how could they? I thought they knew me better than that. I thought you knew me better than that. I would never have said that. What a horrible interpreter we are. You see, this is the truth, folks. We tend to judge other people by their actions, but you know how we tend to judge ourselves by? 
our intentions. We judge other people by their actions, but we want people to judge us by our intentions. In other words, when you and I mess up, we say something, we offend somebody, we want them to realize that, you know what, that's not really what I meant. Or that's not really what I was thinking. I mean, you took that the wrong way. You know my heart. You know the way that I think about you. You know that. But when it happens on the other side, when someone else offends us in some way, when they say something short to us in a curt way, what do we do? We immediately get offended. And we're like, what a loser. I mean, how could they do that? You're so pathetic. You need Jesus, you know. That, it's that kind of mentality. Again, we're just horrible, horrible interpreters. And so, folks, the good news is, is that in every action, there is a gap. There's always a gap, and you get to choose what you put in the gap. So what do you put in the gap? What is it that you and I should put in the gap? You know, we do have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan or the devil, and one of his titles is that of accuser. He's constantly accusing us, saying things like this, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're just not enough, you're not worthy of God. And you see, the way that Satan fills the gap is that he fills it with accusations. And what he wants you and I to do when we have some type of interaction with another person where there's some kind of conflict, he wants us to become accusatory and to accuse others. Well, she's just always about herself. He's always thinking about himself. Well, she doesn't understand or he doesn't care or you can't trust anyone when they act like that. And this is the truth, that the devil wants you to close the gap with accusations. He always wants you to close the gap with accusations. Now, what do accusations do? Accusations erode marriages. They split friendships. They actually can destroy churches. And that's what Satan desires, is that when there is some type of interaction, that we would become accusatory toward the other person. But God, on the other hand, what he wants you to fill the gap with is to fill every gap with love. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9 says this, whoever would foster love offers an offense or, or Whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Whoever fosters love actually covers the offense. So what does love do? What is it that love does? What does love do? Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Love always looks at the other person and you think best about that person. Love always trusts the person to think that, you know what, there's something that's going on in their life, maybe why they said this or did this, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to always think best about the other person. In other words, if Jen came up to me and she said, hey, did you take out the trash? Satan would want me to accuse and to come on and go, 
Why is she trying to tell me to take out the trash? I mean, I don't understand it. I mean, is she trying to tell me that I'm lazy? Is that what she's saying? Oh, she's telling me lazy? Well, you know what? I know there's sometimes she doesn't put the clothes away immediately. And all of a sudden, you see what happens is we start accusing the other person rather than simply being able to say, you know what? I bet she's just curious about whether I took the trash out because sometimes I do forget. And folks, what we want to do is to fill the gap with love. To fill the gap with love. And you get to choose what you put in the gap. Paul, one of Jesus' closest followers, put it very simply when he said this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. He said this, Be patient with each other, making... What's the next word? Allowances. Making allowances for each other's what? For their faults. Why? Because of love. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults, because of love. So make allowances means that I give the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of a doubt to the person out of love. Because think about this. Think about how many allowances God has given you. And if God has given you many allowances, then you should do the same for other people when they mess up. In other words, folks, someone else's behavior is not always about you. Someone else's attitude is not always about you. Someone, the way that they drive is not always about you. The edge in their voice, it's not always about you. Maybe they were just having a bad day. Maybe they were facing some kind of battle. Maybe, just maybe, they had gotten some really bad news and then they responded the way that they did. Folks, if you want other people to give you the benefit of the doubt when you mess up, you have to do the same thing. Why? Because love can fill the gap. Love can fill the gap. But, Chris, what happens when somebody's just, like, rude to you? Like, what do you do when someone's, like, hateful and just, like, nasty to you? Well, this is one of the things that I try to do is... Uh, sometimes when people are just rude, plain out rude or, or nasty in some way, I'll start thinking to myself, well, I wonder what's been going on in their life. Because this is what we know is true. Hurt people, what do they do? They hurt people. Hurt people always hurt other people. And instead of being offended by them all the time, what I try to think to myself is, how can I give compassion in this moment. It doesn't mean I have to trust them at the same level, but how do I give compassion? Instead of being offended by what they did or the action that they had or what they said, how do I actually show compassion? How do I show allowance in my heart? Folks, there's always going to be a gap between the action and your reaction, and you get to choose. You get to choose every single day what you put in the gap. If you put accusations in the the gap, you're always going to be offended. And you're always going to carry a grudge. If you're always accusatory in your mind, you'll be offended, you'll carry grudges. Well, he said this, or she did that, or whatever it is that's going on. And again, it goes back to our big idea. 
And it's this, we do not win in life when we live offended. You and I will never win in life when we live offended. So, how do we live a life that is not so easily offended? How do you and I actually live life that's not so easily offended? Well, I love the power that's found in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. It says this, A person's wisdom yields patience. In other words, folks, it's wise to actually be patient. A person's wisdom yields patience. And then here's the key. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's to your glory. And it actually honors God when you overlook an offense. Now, what does it mean to overlook an offense? What's that mean? Well, we recognize that when we overlook an offense, it's not kind of the same as pretending that it didn't happen. If someone hurts you, if they said something, they did something, no, it happened. You don't have to trust them at the same level, but you can actually overlook it. You can let it go. In other words, it's a form of forgiveness. It's like an immediate response, just like Jesus did when he was on the cross, when he looked down and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He immediately said it. He had it in his mind before. It was a choice. It's a real-time decision. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to rise above it. Now, the Hebrew word here for overlook is the word avor, and what it means is to pass over. If you've ever been on the interstate, you go over these Passovers. It passes over what's ever going underneath. So when a person says something that offends me, I'm just going to pass over it. I'm going to pass over it. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm not going to rehearse it. I'm not going to replay it in my mind. I'm not going to have a soundtrack of what they did. I'm simply going to pass over it. I'm telling myself that I'm over it. I'm over it. So the next time that you're offended by one of your coworkers because they don't invite you and they invited everyone else in your little area to go out to lunch, what do you do? You say, you know what? I'm over it. I'm going to pass over it. That's what you do. When you look on social media and you find something that's kind of snarky and it's a comment and you want your best to respond to it, you're like, I'm not going to let that weigh me down. I'm going to pass over it. I'm going to pass over it. When your mother-in-law tells you about how you should be parenting your children. Okay, maybe that's too much today. No, 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 no. What are you going to do? You're actually going to pass over over it. I'm going to pass over it. You know, I think more than anything else, the most divisive and destructive tool that Satan can use in each one of us to be offended by other people is for us to become accusatory, to become offended by everything, because there's always something that you can be offended by. And you can. There's multiple things for you to kind of beat the drum and get upset about that you can be offended by. But listen, nobody's ever changed the world by walking around being bitter. Nobody's ever changed the world by walking around being bitter. 
last year, uh, as we were getting our taxes prepared, I got everything done and we got it, the results back from our accountant and we owed substantially more than we did the year before. And it didn't make sense to me because as I was looking at it, I was like, well, our income hasn't changed hardly any at all. How is it that we owe so much more? So I went ahead before I paid anything. I called the accountant. I said, hey, I just don't understand this. Um, like, what happened? He said, well, you guys are just making way more money this year. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense to me at all. And so I went ahead and I reached out to a friend of mine who's an accountant. I said, hey, could you look at our taxes? Because he had done them at one time. And could you see if there's any mistake or anything that's going on there? He said, yeah, sure. And so graciously, he did this. And then he came back to me and he said, well, they failed to put some expense on page 34, 4D and 4E. Did you catch that? And at first, so I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I did notice that. I'm like, no, dude, I didn't notice that. I mean, it's accountant talk, page 34, 4D. And I mean, I can't even do the alphabet past G sometimes. So, no, I don't understand. Well, he said, the mistake isn't that you guys are making more money. The reason why you're owing thousands of dollars is because he forgot something very, very basic by not putting that in as expenses. So I went back to the accountant thinking, you know what, this guy's going to be very grateful that I did this. And so I went back to him. I said, hey, uh, I, you missed this thing right here, and this is what it was. He's like, oh, thanks a lot. I'll take care of it. Never apologized, never offered any money back, nothing. Well, his lack of owning responsibility, it ticked me off. And you know what? I wasn't over it. I was not over it. A few weeks later, he had the audacity to send me a bill and billable hours for the phone call that I had called him to tell him to make the correction. And I start getting so ticked off. I'm like, I am not going to pay that guy until he apologizes. And I didn't. Weeks went by and, and Jen here, hears me just talking about it and getting upset. And the problem is I'm married to the fourth person of the Trinity. Just joking, okay, just joking. But she's a really wise woman. And one day she looked at me and she said, Chris, just pay the man and move on. Just pay the man and move on. We can get somebody else next year, but just move on because it is distracting you from your calling that God has for your life. Ugh. <laughs> and I hate to admit it, folks, but she was right. She was exactly right. And so I wrote the check, I sent it off, and we've got a new accountant this year. <laughs> Folks, don't do something that takes you off your mission. Don't get so offended by something that's so small that it takes you off your mission. Just don't let that happen. Can you imagine if Jesus would have done this? If Jesus would have gotten offended by small things and then he just kind of went off, he just kind of threw a fit. What if he was like, well, Matthew, you know what? You weren't listening at all on the Sermon on the Mount. I thought I did a really good job and you didn't listen at all. And so you know what? I just can't do any more miracles today. I'm done. No more miracles. Or Thomas, I just can't believe that you didn't celebrate when I 
took that person who was deaf and now they could hear or that person who was blind and now they can see. Well, you know why you've offended me so much? I just cannot calm the storm today. Just not going to calm the storm today. No, 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 no. He was always about mission and his mission was about love. It was always closing the gap when people offended him in some way with a sense of love. So whenever you find yourself being offended by something that's very, very small, remind yourself that life is too short and my calling is too great to become offended by something so small. Because the calling that you have is greater. What is in front of you, the calling that God has for your life is greater than the offense that is behind you. The calling ahead of you is so much greater than that small offense that is behind you. Well, I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of things in my life that have offended the heart of God. Multiple things that I've done that have offended the heart of God. And do you know how he's responded every single time? Grace upon grace upon grace, upon grace. And I want to be that kind of person. The kind of person who gives forgiveness and grace to people when they offend me. Now, I'll stand for truth, folks. I'm not opposed to that. I'm going to stand for truth, but I'm always going to stand for truth in love. Giving grace to others, just like God has given so much grace to me. So, what are we going to do this week when we get offended? Because you're going to be offended by some small way, maybe before you leave today. And when that happens, what are we going to do? We're going to tell ourselves, and we're going to live it out, that I'm over it. I'm passing over it. I'm over it. Why? Because life is too short, folks, and your calling is too great to be offended by small things. Because God has greater things in store for you, and so we're going to fill the gap, fill the gap with love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence that is here today. Help us, God, to to show love in every circumstance to fill that gap with your love. Now, maybe you're sitting there today or you're on this stream right now and you're like, Chris, you know what? I can become easily offended. I can become so easily offended. And I don't like that about myself, but it's true. I get very offended easily, and I I don't want to do that, but I need some help to change. Chris, I'm a bad interpreter when someone says something to me. I I immediately accuse or I get defensive, and, and so I need God's power to help me to do that. And so right now, if you're like, yep, that's me, I can't do this on my own. I want to change. 
I, I don't want to be offended so quickly by small things, but I need God's help. If that's you, if, if you want to close the gap with love, but you need help doing that, no one looking around, each eye closed, but if you would, just raise your hand and say, yep, Chris, I need to be able to have that power to change. I, I want to not be so offended by small things. Let me pray for you. God, I pray right now for each hand that's raised that when they're tempted to be distracted by small offenses, that they would remember that you have a higher calling for them. Help us to to get over, to actually pass over whatever the offense there is and to give real-time forgiveness, just like Jesus did when he was on the cross and he looked down and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In that moment, he said, I'm over it. God, help us to get over things in the same way he did. Whether it's something with our marriage or something on social media or some relationship or something with a coworker right now, God, would you help us to close the gap with love? And God, would you give us the power to do so? In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hand up. Now, Again, with everyone continuing to pray, I I just want to ask you, maybe for some of you today, the truth is, is that there's another gap that you have right now, and it's a gap between you and God. There's a distance that is there right now. And the one thing that creates that gap more than anything else is our sin. That the sin that we commit, the ways that we flub up, mess up, and screw up, it creates a distance between us and God. There's a gap there. And what happened was, to bridge that gap, Jesus came and he died upon a cross and we celebrated it last week. Three days later, he rose again so that all of your sins would be forgiven and you would not have to worry anymore about having to carry that weight that he bridged the gap for you. And so today, if you're like, I need that in my life. Maybe you were here on Easter and you're like, I thought about it, but, but I didn't make the commitment. But today I'm doing that. I'm making the choice today to say, Jesus, I want you to bridge the gap, the sin in my life. I need your love. I need your grace. I need a second chance. And if that's you, I'm going to lift up a prayer that I'm going to invite you to just repeat after me. You don't have to pray it by yourself, but we pray it together in unity. But I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, save me. Set me free. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.